You're listening to Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's absolutely nothing surprising about the fact that Derek Carr was cut by the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. But now today, if the New York Jets don't send a private plane full from top to bottom with unlimited cash straight to Derek Carr and say, come join us right now and be our quarterback, they will be making the biggest mistake of the offseason. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you are watching us in the ESPN app, you know it is Dress for Success Wednesday. Oh, we are looking good. We are ready for this, Harry. And I just keep thinking about Derek Carr right now just waiting for that plane to land full of cash because the Jets cannot afford to wait for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision possibly miss out on Aaron Rodgers, also miss out on Derek Carr, and then be stuck with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. That is absolutely unacceptable. And why that's important, Fitz, is the simple reason you look at last year and how things transpired. And if they would have won one more game, a few more games, in which their quarterback was the Achilles heel of their football team, they would have been in the playoffs and been able to make some noise. They had a top-five defense, right? They had skill position players, especially young guys, across the board. They hit on the draft this past offseason as well. The quarterback position was the solely the main reason why they weren't as successful as they would like to be. And if Derek Carr is out there, and I understand and I get it. You know, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, won multiple MVPs. He's the, he's the guy that you, you, you know you can be a Super Bowl contender if you have. My only question is – do you want to sit up there and waste time waiting on Aaron Rodgers and we have no idea what he's going to do? He is in the sunken hole right now. And when I mean sunken, I mean down below. He's in a dark place and he's going to figure things out. Um, I'm guessing when he's out of the dark place. But the thing is, if you're the New York Jets, do you have time to wait on Aaron Rodgers? If you have a guy like Derek Carr, because it's not like you need your quarterback to be uh, spectacular. Last year, they just needed someone to not lose games for them. And that's what the quarterbacks they have on their roster did. They lost multiple games for them uh, to the point to where they're now in this situation where they need a quarterback. And if Derek Carr's there, if they do not send the Jet full of cash, I agree with you. They are wrong for not doing it. They're 100% wrong. The funny thing is I've had plenty of people that don't know my Raiders fandom, which is fine. Not everybody does. Tweet me, well, you obviously aren't aware of Carr's record in cold weather games. Uh, first and foremost, I have a Raiders tattoo. So I'm aware of everything about Derek Carr. I've watched every <laughs> snap of his career, including some miserable, miserable seasons. Yeah, he hasn't been good in cold weather. But I also can speak as someone that lived in Vegas as a kid, that lived in Nashville for 20 years, and now lives in Connecticut. Here's the staggering thing. Like today... Harry, today, the weather this morning when I went to Orange Theory, because, you know, I work out. Well, the weather this morning was like in the 40s. All right. I'm in a T-shirt and shorts going to the gym because I ain't worried about it. The 40s feels like summer around here. If you now four years ago, if I'd have walked outside in the in the 40s, I'm wearing two hoodies. I'm wearing a shirt. I'm wearing three jackets. Like I got layers on layers on layers. Your body gets used to the cold. Like I think this this whole he has a limited body of work in cold weather and hasn't played there is way overblown to me because once you live living it you can get used to it yeah I got the same experience I'm, I'm right here from the south side of Atlanta Jonesboro Georgia um, and I went to the University of Louisville and oh, my first Easter in Louisville is snow and I was blown away I was like what in the hell did I get myself into what did I sign up for so I didn't I didn't I, I knew it got cold but I didn't know it, it's actually snowed on Easter we're playing our first game I think uh it one, one game in my career December 3rd I never forget the day at UConn the ground is frozen hey 
It is what it is. I was accustomed to it at that point because I had lived in Louisville. So much when I got to the point when I was in the league and we played um, at Green Bay when it was negative 12. I played at Kansas City negative 16. I was so accustomed to it at that point, I didn't wear sleeves in that weather. So I, I, I agree with you 100% of what you're saying is that your body will adjust to the temperature when you're living in a place. Yeah, it, this, this is the stuff that gets overblown. Right now, if you're Derek Carr, I think you have an opportunity to really impact the conversation about who you are as a quarterback. Because right now, you know, we talked about the good of when uh, Brady and Belichick were together and how when they split, we were going to find out where the greatness really lied. You know, maybe the answer is the greatness was always together. Well, you're going to get the opposite now. Like, you have the opportunity, if you are Derek Carr, to prove that the level of suck that's associated with you came squarely from the Raiders. If you're the Raiders, you have the opportunity to prove that it was Derek Carr holding you back all the way, right? Like, both sides of this can blame each other right now for everything that's gone wrong. If Derek Carr goes somewhere where he can't win right away, I think that will impact the way the league remembers Derek Carr for a long time. If he goes straight to the Jets and starts winning football games and has a big year on a team that goes on a playoff run, the conversation is going to be two things. One, Derek Carr's better than we thought, and two, the Raiders almost ruined him. He can change his legacy by going somewhere where he can win right now. Oh, most definitely. And I think Derek Carr is a, is a guy at the quarterback position that could lead a team far deep into the playoffs, right, with the supporting cast around him. Um, I will say this about him. I think he's in a great situation right now. And a lot of people wonder, like, why you say he's in a great situation? Because when you can control your own narrative of where you're going to end up going when it comes to free agency and you get to hit free agency before free agency even starts, that's a plus in your book. I also have a similar situation in which I understand where he's coming from on that. When I got released by the Atlanta Falcons, I was able to hit free agency before everyone else was able to hit free agency and the rest of the wide receivers on the market. So I got to choose where I wanted to go and didn't have to keep competing against anybody else at that moment I think it's also going to kind of you know speed things up when it comes to uh, NFL teams that want Derek Carr and who have Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers on their list what I'm trying to say and teams like that the New York Jets they're the perfect situation they have to make a decision are we going to try to go all in on Derek Carr or we're going to sit back and we're going to wait on Aaron Rodgers yeah and I think to that point it's Fitz and Harry by the way Harry Douglas Jason Fitz on ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance uh, I, I keep thinking about Shark Tank, all right? This is the weird analogy, but follow me. You ever watch Shark Tank, you know, where everybody goes out there and they pitch their show to, to everybody on Shark Tank? Were you a big Shark Tank fan there, Harry? No. Okay. Well, you know, you stand up there, you make your big presentation, and then the investors decide if they're going to give you the opportunity. And then they invest, they're bidding against each other to try and get you to sign up. There are times where Mark Cuban will love something he's being pitched, and he'll say, you know what, I'm in. I will give you the money you want, but you have to say yes or no right now. I don't want you to listen to any other offers from any other Sharks. You have to take my offer. Take it right now. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm fully aware that at the end of the week, Aaron Rodgers is going into the darkness. Well, I want to feel appreciated here, but I also want to control my value on the open market. I've heard plenty of other opinions on this. In my mind, what makes the most sense, if I'm Derek Carr and his agent, I walk up to every team that's interested and I say, you've got 48 hours to give us your last and final offer, your absolute best offer. you got one stab at it. You better come in. You better overpay because I don't want to sit around and wait for Aaron Rodgers to make decisions. I don't want to take the chance that he changes my leverage. I want to force someone to commit right now to paying me today, knowing that they have to make that commitment before Aaron Rodgers makes his decision because that puts pressure on the buyer in my mind. 
Well, and, and nobody ever wants to get cut from a football team, but if you're going to get it cut from a football team, be in Derek Carr's situation right now where you can control a lot of different things. And you're right, from his side of things, I'm going to go to teams and I'm going to force their hand. I'm going to force them to go ahead and, you know, give me my offers before Aaron Rodgers comes out of his dark place. And then now I got to compete against a guy I know I can't compete against because overall he is a better quarterback. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I think this is where the leverage of it. And, and frankly, we're just having a great agent matters too, right? Like sometimes yeah. you want to have an agent that's going to help you walk through all of that. And, and, and look, we're putting him with the Jets. He's going to have a ton of options. And I think that's one thing to remember. Like for anyone that thinks Derek Carr is going to be a value quarterback there are too many teams that need a quarterback I just keep looking at it we've been talking about this so much but you've got Aaron Rodgers Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo those are really your only three options and you've got a dozen teams out there that need a quarterback so when you start putting all of that together man it just becomes wildly complicated to try and figure out how anybody could have less value like Jimmy G's gonna get uncomfortable Scrooge McDuck levels of money because there's going to be 10 people out there bidding on the services of Jimmy damn Garoppolo. That's how thin this market is, Harry. And I, and I don't blame, I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just where the market is at this point. And I, I will say this kudos to all three of those guys, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and also Derek Carr, because they're in a situation where, you know, People that they're competing against, it's not many. You have a ton of guys and a ton of teams that need bodies, but there's not enough bodies to provide to those teams. I, I make the analogy all the time, and players are far, the players are human beings, so I want everybody to hear that. But if you've ever bought real estate, you understand that sometimes the market is irrationally high because there's just no avail- availability of inventory. You want a house. There's none out there to buy. you got to overpay for the houses that are out there. That's what's happened. There's a very fancy neighborhood. There's only three houses available, and there's a whole bunch of people that want to live there. So, Can it, I tell you this? Let me tell you this, though. Speaking of fancy, um, I like your suit, my man. Oh, thank you very you much. You look very you, dapper. You look, you look nice today, too. So I, I just want to make sure I point that out. You threw the word fancy out there. I immediately looked at you and said, my boy looks fancy today. You know what? It, that's because it's Dress for Success Wednesday, something we do here not only on this show every week because we want to really step up our game, but also because we're honoring Harry Douglas's dad who, who made that commitment to his family that every week you pick one day a week and you dress for success. We'll get into why one team member in our team uh, seems to think they can change the rules. We'll get into that, but also Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Todd McShay released his mock draft 2.0, and then this morning he said something on GetUp that caused tremendous controversy. The thing is, he might be right. You'll hear it. We'll react to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Ever wondered how awkward it is to have a 45-year-old? Why do say I'm out here? You just learned. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Todd McShay has released his mock draft 2.0. He's going to join us later in the show. 
And he's going to have some comments to defend. Uh, speaking of defending things quickly, though, I mentioned a minute ago, it's where uh, Dress for Success Wednesday, right? Uh, everybody here looking looking very good. And Devin, who you're used to on the show all the time, is in the uh, producer's seat today. Evan uh, has the day off. Chris has stepped in. Chris stepped in and, by the way, came in dressed proper. Look at this. If you see us Chris, in the ESPN app. that's what app. I'm talking about, Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris. Look that's at, what I'm talking about, Chris. Uh, he's got a little beard going on. Just He's a new dad, so he's got a little bit more of the like uh he's a harvard philosophy uh instructor it, it, it's it, just it's exhausted good. at this point is yeah. what i am <laughs> but he came he came proper like he knew he was coming into the show and he had to dress right devin today wearing the sweater the shirt and the knotted tie yes. Very, devin proud of you buddy that was good look as opposed to the unknotted tie well uh it's a it's a it's a really well knotted tie. Thank Let me you. Say it thank that you, way. Thank you. Uh, obviously, Harry and I always uh, come proper. We believe in this. There's one name we're missing, and that's Evan, our producer, who's usually here. But Evan had the day off today. Has to go to the vet with his dog, which we're all very sympathetic for here. But Evan yesterday came in dressed proper, and Harry asked him why, and he was like, "Well, because tomorrow is Dress for Success Wednesday, but I won't be here tomorrow, so I'm just going to do that today." Harry, do you just get to come in and decide that you're changing the day of the week without talking to the rest of the team? There's no one individual that's going to be bigger than this show. So, Evan, I know you're listening right now. You don't come in on a Tuesday and tell us that you're going to dress on a Tuesday for what we do just for success on a Wednesday. It doesn't work like that. See, I had a coach that told me either I'm coaching it or I'm allowing it to happen. So, Evan, I'm here to tell you, damn it, I'm doing neither. I'm not going to allow you to do it, nor am I going to coach you to do that. So, young man, when we have just for success Wednesday, you dress up on Wednesday. Now, we gave Evan Specific instructions. Okay, we understand you got to take your dog to the vet. Just send us a picture Wednesday morning in our group text. What you wearing, you know, your dress for success clothes. We have not gotten that text yet from Evan, and I know he's listening, so he's going to have to defend himself. But there's not going to be one individual, Fitz, that's bigger than this show, that's bigger than this group. So, Evan, I want you to understand that. I'm not coaching it, nor am I allowing it to happen. Hey, Devin, uh, producer extraordinaire today, what do we call this day? What is this day called? This is Dress for Success Wednesday. Notice what's not in that title. We didn't say Dress for Success at Work Wednesday. We didn't say Dress for Success Wednesday while you're at work. We said Dress for Success Wednesday. You can wear a suit to the vet, Evan. Get me, be better. Do All right, better. I have an update. Oh, okay. I text. Evan, I said, hey, man, they want a picture. He said, ha-ha, nope. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. The, the team. I, Fitz, I think Ballsy. we, no, at now, I think we got to go to the big bosses on this because now he's like throwing it in our faces like, ha-ha, nope. The, the team will decide on the punishment. Just as he decided that he thought he could be bigger than the team, the team will decide on the punishment. Uh, it will involve some physical activity in a full tuxedo. I'm Are just we saying, going, like committee on this, like we do for other things, just committee to decide how, what the punishment. Yes, is. Yeah. and and Chris is as the uh, man off the bench coming in today and looking right gets to be part of that punishment I'm uh, I'm conversation. Look at that. All right, uh, we'll keep you updated on if we get a picture of Evan at all, and if we don't, we'll just start posting random uh, awful pictures of him somewhere on social media. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Speaking of uh, posting things, Todd McShay has released Mock Draft 2.0. Now, obviously, all eyes are on the quarterback position. But what's interesting is that at the top of his draft, he has a trade. He has the Colts trading up to number one overall so that they can then draft Bryce Young. Interesting. And it was all fine and dandy. No big hot take out of that. It all made a ton of sense until Todd McShay said this on Get Up when he was asked specifically about what the Bears should do in his mind. 
I pressed the button and it said not found and the whole screen changed. Uh, that's the that's the peek behind the curtain there. We'll get the audio for you here. Uh, but McShay came out and said he believes that the Bears should actually stay where they are. Oh, we've got it here. Chris, go ahead and play it. All right, Harry. Right now, Bryce Young or Justin Fields? Well, I'm taking Justin Fields because he's on my roster, on my team. He has showed me and proved me in year two. But we also got to think about this. I can understand this logic if we had the the visual of 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 Justin Fields having you know an offensive line, playmakers all around him, and he's still struggling as a passer. We haven't had that yet. Justin Fields hasn't had the offensive line around him. Justin Fields hasn't had you know the skill position players around him to do miraculous things. He hasn't. But we also seen growth in him last year. You talk about a guy who rushed for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Now, I understand he threw for 17 and threw uh, 11 interceptions. That's a part of the game that he's going to have to get a little bit better at. But can you surround him by talent? Can you surround him by talent? We just watched Jalen Hurts play in the Super Bowl in this entire year with talent around him. We have watched Josh Allen with talent around him. We watch a lot of these other young quarterbacks get talent around them. Now it's time for Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears to surround Justin Fields with talent so we can see the improvement on a better, on an on a, on a upper echelon level when it comes to the pass game. With him being so dynamic in the run game, now you've got to play 11-on-11 type football. Now you can't, uh, if you're an opposing defense, you can no longer ignore you know, the quarterback position. You have to account for Justin Fields because he's dynamic in that way. Now just surround him with talent. But we already know what we have in Justin Fields. We just got to surround him with more talent. Why would you bring in Bryce Young? And no one is a bigger fan of Bryce Young than me. I think he should be the first quarterback taken in this draft. I just don't believe that should be with the Chicago Bears. I've seen him do magical and uh, remarkable things on a football field up close in person with my own eyes. But I still think the Chicago Bears right now at this moment, they need to stick with Justin Fields. I think the Bears are in an interesting situation because if they want to go best player available, they need help all over the field, right? So uh, you can look at somebody like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, the two defensive players, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman out of Georgia, Will Anderson Jr., uh, the edge rusher, the combo guy out of Alabama, two guys that everybody's infatuated with. I think they're the two best players in this year's draft. If you believe that they're better than the quarterback position, they help the Bears right away. The Bears could also trade down as far as, according to most mocks, eight or nine and still have a shot at getting the best offensive lineman in this draft, and they certainly need help on the offensive line. The Bears also have $90 million in salary cap space, so they can address a ton of this before they even get to the draft, which I think is important. And that's that's first in the National Football League, right? Right, and they have far more than anybody else in the NFL. So they can outspend the rest of the world getting there. The only thing that's interesting is if their scouting department does look at it and say, man, Bryce Young is is him. Bryce Young is Joe Burrow. Bryce Young is Patrick Mahomes. Bryce Young is, you know, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. Like, uh, Bryce, Bryce Young is Trevor Lawrence. First overall picks that feel like they can't miss. If they're looking at that player and they're saying, oh, my God, he's can't miss, then it becomes an interesting piece of logic. Do you follow your scouts to the can't miss prospect and then get a ton of trade value for Justin Fields. I think all of this comes down to one comparison. There's one comparison that Todd McShay has made to Bryce Young that is going to make everybody stop, look around, and say, huh, maybe this is a trade that has to be made. You'll hear the comparison, and we'll figure out if it's actually legit. We'll do that next, Fitz and Harry. But first, Harry's got to tell you about Granger. For the ones who get it done, 
Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Todd McShay's Mock Draft 2.0 has created controversy after he points out that if it were him, he's not saying the Bears would do this. He's saying he, if he were the Bears, would select Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And part of the reason he says that is because he sees something in Bryce Young that hits different. This is what he said, Todd McShay, this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, about specifically what he sees and who he, uh, who Bryce Young reminds him of. I think it's Bryce Young. You're drafting a 5'10 and a half, because I, I talked to a scout this summer who, who measured him, and he's, he's like 5'10 and three quarters, okay? And I sat with him before the Mississippi State game, and he said he's been working with the nutritionists and everyone in Alabama, and he's, he's gotten up to about 190 three pounds at that time in October. My guess is he'll be around 200 pounds when, when we get to the combine, but that's, it's not an ideal size. But other than that, to me, he's a smaller version of, of Patrick Mahomes. That's the, th- those are the two trigger words now, like smaller version of Patrick Mahomes, Harry, because that's where, like, if you're looking around and you see Patrick Mahomes, you got to draft Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter what you have. Well, I will say this, and being able to, to work with Countdown to College game day and traveling and seeing a lot of these games and literally about four or five games seeing Bryce Young in person, you do see a lot of the magical things that you see from Patrick Mahomes on the football field. Here's the thing, though, Fitz. Bryce Young, like, like he just mentioned, he's 5'10 and a half. He's 190 pounds. When I look at a guy like Justin Fields, Justin Fields is 6'3", 228. We've also mm. seen Justin Fields for – Two uh, seasons take the beating because of the lack of offensive line, so we know his body can withstand it. That's a question mark when it comes to Bryce Young. And I'll tell you, I don't have many question marks when it comes to Bryce Young, but that is one that gets brought up. Will he be able to withstand a punishment or a beating if he's a full-time quarterback for 17 games in the playoffs if his team makes makes it to the playoffs for an entire season? That's the question. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I am not concerned about it. This, that's the only concern I do have because Bryce Young is phenomenal. Here's my thing, though. If you're the Chicago Bears, you already have your guy. You have your guy. So let's just say hypothetically, and, and Mike Tannenbaum said the other day, there's far less quarterbacks that have – the teams that have hit on quarterbacks than it has been quarterbacks being drafted, right? Yep. So if you know your guy is that guy, not saying Bryce Young is not going to be a phenomenal quarterback in the National Football League. I just saying we still don't know. We know Justin Fields is going to be great in this league because, number one, he was great, I think, last year with nothing around him. Now, granted, he got to work on the turnover issues, but when you have more playmakers around you, hint, hint, we've seen that from Josh Allen because early on he wasn't great. When you have more playmakers around you, sometimes your turnovers lessen. I think there's such a moment here where I agree with everything you're saying in concept. This is like, the, the I guess, the, the yeah but for me. The, the logic I can follow is if my scouts come in and say, look, Bryce Young is once in a generation. 
then I understand going for it. Otherwise, if you're Chicago with $90 million to spend and with the top overall pick in the draft, you can either get the most transcendent player or you can trade down, still put yourself in a position to get two or three great players, stock the cupboard for the future, get the weapons around Justin Fields. And let's all remember that a year ago right now, there were real question marks being asked about Jalen Hurts. Questions Mm -hmm. that have all been answered because we saw how great Jalen Hurts can be. The people inside that building have got to be absolutely certain They've got their guy with Justin Fields. And if they are certain they've got their guy with Justin Ooh. Fields, there's no question about it. If they me, aren't certain, they have to let move on. Let me ask on. you this. Are they certain that they have the guys that can help Jay, um, Justin Fields develop as a quarterback like like the Eagles were? Like the Eagles were with their coaching staff? No. Or, are yeah. they certain in that department? Because I don't think it's just on Justin Fields. I think it's the coaching around him. Are those guys capable of developing Justin Fields more so than we've seen him in his first two years? No, and I think the other weird part of this is that the Bears see Fields every day. If I'm another team trading for Justin Fields, my first thought is going to be – what. What do you see? Because I think we all see growth from Justin Fields, right? Like, and you're seeing a very good quarterback. I can't imagine being a GM of another team because you know this having been in the league is that long. Like, if somebody's trading a quarterback like Justin Fields, your first thought's going to be like, what do I not know, right? Like, that would be such a strange indicator from the Bears to get rid of a quarterback that's played as well as he can. The only caveat I can give is, like, if you think you got a shot at the next Mahomes, you take it. But how do you know you don't have the next Mahomes-type player already in your in your building if you haven't given him anything to work with? But but here's my thing. Because, you know, when it, when it came to the Colts, they were able to draft Peyton Manning, right, who was phenomenal for that organization. And a lot of people, you know, anointed Peyton Manning as being the golden child coming out. Also, you talk about the same organization, the Colts. They drafted Andrew Luck. We seen what a few years ago it was Jacksonville when it came to Trevor Lawrence. Now, when we're talking about quarterbacks in 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 in, in retrospect, is Bryce Young when you think about those guys, can he be better than those guys? Yeah, I mean, that's such a such a massive roll of the dice. Like I keep thinking about the fact that a year ago, people were saying, or oh, a little over a year ago, it was like, well, let's wait till next year's draft class because C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to come out and they're so good. And now what's everybody saying? Well, let's wait till next year when, you know, Caleb Williams is coming out. Like, we're always in love with what's what could possibly come down the pipeline. It would just be shocking to see Chicago sit at number one and not either turn that into more picks so that somebody else can take a court. Like, I squarely believe the draft is in 71 days. I squarely believe the first three picks in this year's NFL draft are going to be quarterbacks in some order because everybody's going to be desperate to move up. I just can't find a way for the Bears to be one of those three. And according to Todd, like, there's supposed to be four quarterbacks taken in the first round, in the first ten picks, within the first nine picks, right? Right. Because Anthony Richardson, he has Anthony Richardson going to I think Carolina Panthers? at nine, I think. Yeah. And, how, and, and let me tell you a, a little bit about that, too, though, because you look at Anthony Richardson going there. I compare him in college to a guy named Cam Newton, who once played and started his career in Carolina. Carolina. So is David Tepper, is he, is he looking to uh, have a Cam Newton 2.0 on his roster by drafting Anthony Richardson? Uh, there's just so many crapshoots in all of this. You know, like it's, This is where I, as a Raiders fan, have spent years saying, at least I have Derek Carr and I sort of know what I have at quarterback. That's the crazy thing to me. Is like I'll take know what I have at quarterback most of the time over rolling my dice because as you pointed out earlier, and I'll go back to what Mike Tannenbaum did. He did the numbers on it. 56 quarterbacks were drafted between 2018 and 2022. 
of those 56, if you just count a hit as somebody that has had meaningful time in the league and played okay, including Gardner Minshew, we got to eight hits out of 56. Eight out of 56. Man, like, I think Justin Fields is on that eight list, right? Like, he's on one of those – he's one of those guys. I don't see why when you have one of those guys, you would move off of it. Can uh, I ask you this really quick, too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of people talking about if you drive, draft Bryce Young, he'll be on a rookie contract. You have him for five more years. Technically, you can have Justin Fields for three more, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'll take my chances into three. Yeah, that, that's 100%. I think we are overblowing the rookie contract portion of this conversation. One thing we're not overblowing is drama after the Super Bowl from two NFL superstars. It got heated yesterday. And it'll be interesting because my guy, Harry Douglas, used to talk some trash, but his reaction to the trash talking on social media will surprise you. We'll give you that next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. It's all, it always hurts, right? Anytime you don't come out on top, it hurts. We'll use this pain, we'll use this failure for motivation for us. You either win or you learn. That's how I feel. You either win or you learn. You know, really, really happy for Trav. You know, played his ass off. Um, that team deserves everything they had. You know, it's, it, it is it is a tough feeling to come up short. You know, it's a, it's a very tough feeling. Sports Radio 94 WIP on the call. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Just when you thought the drama from the Super Bowl was over. I don't know why I decided to do like a full-on Muppet <laughs> with that, but look, you know me. I love me some drama. And we got it yesterday in the form of social media juju. Going out to Twitter with Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, with a picture of James Bradbury and the caption, I'll hold you when it matters most, went out there. To which A.J. Brown responded with this tweet. First of all, first off, congratulations. Side note, which is a little bit of like saying, with all due respect or, you know, no disrespect. So he says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you, don't act like you're like that or ever was. But, Congratulations again. And then Juju responded, glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. <laughs> Good game, bro. I mean, they were going after it. Like, I I, the, I don't know. The Valentine's Day card made me laugh. But you're the one that played in the league. What would you think yeah. of the uh, back and forth on social media? Well, first, I, th I thought it was lame as hell by Juju Smith-Schuster to even, you know, send out that message. Because we had a guy in James Bradbury who, after the game, right, took a stance that I don't think a lot of players that played in the National Football League or still play right now would have taken. He sat up there and he held himself accountable and said he held and took the high road, okay? So I don't understand why on Valentine's Day, Juju Smith-Schuster, and, and God forbid if he has a significant other, uh, a wife or a girlfriend or anybody on Valentine's Day, and he wor he's worried about posting something of James Bradbury, and I, poor, that poor lady, I, I will say this. <laughs> you, you, just, you, just don't, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. It was no cause for it. There was no reason for it. And I just thought it was immature and lame as hell. And you can see my facial expression. I really don't like stuff like that because James Bradbury took the high road. Now, I agree with some of the stuff that, that A.J. Brown is saying. 
Um, I do believe Patrick Mahomes resurrected his career, but Juju has had a nice career so far beside it, besides uh, 2021 when he only had 129 yards. But every year prior to that, he had a decent, he had a decent season. But you, you see C.J. Uh, Gardner-Johnson come out and said, man, I had more interceptions this year than, than Juju had touchdown receptions. So now I think you got both teammates, guys on both teams defending one another, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't calls for, and I don't think Juju should have took it there in the first place. Uh, here's my only question for you, deep philosophical question on Fitz and Harry, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, uh, you know, when I'm hosting SportsCenter on Snap and we're doing NBA stuff, if anybody in the NBA tweets about anybody in the NBA, which happens like every week, I mean, we are building whole graphics that make it like a Bravo show. We're building whole reality show drama sort of moments. We're talking about it, and we seem to love it. Like when players in the NBA go after each other, we seem to love it. Is this different just because it's a Super Bowl? Because like, for anyone that doesn't know, Harry Douglas had a, let's just say, a small reputation as somebody that might <laughs> every once in a while remind somebody uh, of who they were on the field with, like you, you were you were known to be a bit of a talker. Yeah, but I, w- I, I always left it on the field. I was never gonna go to social media fair. And, and and talk about it. It's just something I didn't do. I just think it's a it's a code of ethics when it comes to things like this. And I also would say, what reasons? When you talk about those NBA guys. There may have been a little beef in between games, those guys talking smack. I don't think we had that case with James Bradbury and Juju Smith-Schuster. So Juju just decided to come out after he's already won the Super Bowl, and we do know Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So relax, pump your brakes a little bit, and decided he wanted to attack James Bradbury for no apparent reason. The more you talk about it, the more it really sinks into me. I think James Bradbury, who, like, the way he handled the press conference immediately after and just flat out saying, like, yeah, it was a hold. I think in this process, Bradbury may have actually won a lot of people's hearts because it feels like part of the issue some people have with this Twitter exchange is that you're going after somebody catching strays that that was just literally handled everything with the highest of of intent, uh, took the highest ground possible, and is now being you know now being openly mocked by the other player in the play. Like I I think that that probably plays into it, right? Like we all fell in love yeah. with the way Bradbury handled it. Like, honestly, if, if James Bradbury would have went into that, that post-game interview and said, you know what, um, I didn't hold him. You guys, look, look for yourselves. What do you think? Juju Smith-Schuster isn't even a good receiver, that whole nine. Then I understand this message from Juju. But the fact that that didn't transpire, there's no reason for it to be had, literally. And even in this moment, Bradbury didn't come out like – it, it's no. it's AJ Brown coming out being like, dude, you got you know. And look, AJ Brown has never been one to hold his tongue, right? Like he uses social media. He's been pretty ever since the Titans traded him. He was pretty adamant for a minute there on social media. Like he's a communicator on social media. But this is part of the new NFL. Like you know, you had uh, Micah Parsons out there tweeting about people essentially being better at Twitter than they are on the football field, and it, it speaks <laughs> to how this just continues to have legs. Like new NFL coverage is coming in part from the way players are talking to each other on social media, whether it's in-season or off-season, that is going to be part of the new mindset around the NFL. Well, think about where we get uh, some some of our stuff from. Looking at these guys' social media and some of the things that they post, and, you know, sometimes they may have us read between the lines, but, hey, if they provide that information, then we're going to read between the lines. We're going to do exactly what you're asking us to do, read between the lines. But it's it's a new generation, man, because, look, when I played – we used to find people in our meeting room for tweeting certain things that we felt like was embarrassing to our group. We find people for stuff like that. It's funny because you, first and foremost, for anyone that doesn't know Harry, 
uh, it, it's not that long ago that you played. Uh, that's important because sometimes you hear when I played and people think that means it was 20 years ago. You've only been out of the league a few years. It's also really interesting to me what you just said. We all look at this. And what happens in our group thread, to be really transparent, is if somebody says something, we'll text and be like, oh, this is juicy. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Like, we're just – we find it. We react to it just like you guys do. Coaches always say don't give them something to talk about. New yeah. NFL generation giving us something to talk about every stinking – I mean, we appreciate it, but it's, it is part of the, what's happening right now. We're talking about what they give us to talk about. No, 100%. But now Juju – he. The rest of the league may be taking notice, and if you're a defender, you might be gunning for Juju now, yeah. even if he you wasn't involved in this situation. Yeah, and these two teams are going to play again next year, so you know that it's only going to continue to get more and more heated. All right, we all know the greatness of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but we're going to try and rank the top quarterback head coaching NFL combos next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. <laughs> 